1: I'm an avid hunter. I go every season and I love it.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
1: More often than not, I don't kill any game, and I just love getting out and into the woods. I don't know if you're familiar with hunting season in Pennsylvania, but during late November, rifle season is in full swing. It was already the second week of the season, and I had yet to bag any deer, so I was eager to get to it early in the morning, and I did. I normally get up at around 5 a.m. and drive to my hunting spot. It's private land that my grandfather owns. Him and I are the only two that hunt on it, and the rest is posted to hunters. The only others on my land are employed on my grandfather's farm. I had originally planned on calling my grandfather when I woke up and asking him if he wanted to tag along. But the weather was more than horrendous in the morning. The snow was pouring down, and the wind was really strong. I love hunting in the snow, but it almost made me decide not to go. So I knew he wouldn't want to. The roads were really bad, so it took me a bit longer to drive there. Normally, the sun would be starting to rise by now. However, it was overcast and snowing. Regardless of the snow, I walked up to my spot. It was directly behind my grandfather's house, over a hill and back about 100 to 150 yards. Almost immediately upon sitting in my spot, I hear things moving all around me. Honestly, I didn't pay too much attention to it. It could have been a number of things, but it was still pitch, black, and the thought of it was kind of creeping me out. But there wasn't much I could do. It's not like I can shoot at anything, so I just ignored it and continued to wait. It wasn't much longer after that that I began hearing something walking just over the ridge to my right. At this point, there's barely enough light to see my feet, so even if it was a deer, it was still nothing I could do. However, I could tell it wasn't a deer. I just assumed it was my grandfather walking to his spots, which is just a short walk from mine, but the lights in the house were off, and if he was up here, I'm sure he'd let me know prior, even if it wasn't him. Well, it was a hunter. I'll be at hunting illegally. I still wanted to let him know I was here, so I turned on my flashlight and pointed into his direction, flashing it several times again even if it was a deer i couldn't shoot it so i felt it was better to be safe rather than sorry nothing happened after that after i flashed my light then though he stopped which was really odd i didn't see them go back or hear them so i figured they either sat down right there after seeing my light which was considered extremely rude or i didn't hear them walk off i just assumed it was the latter An hour or so passes, and finally the first sights of daylight start to shine through. It's still snowing, and the snow was falling in entire snowballs rather than snowflakes, so visibility is pretty limited. Around this time, I noticed an odd-looking lump protruding from a group of trees. The shrubs atop the hill that separates me from my granddad's house, right where I had movement earlier. It looked like a mound of dirt. However, it was sticking out from the side of a tree, so obviously it wasn't hurt naturally. I raised my rifle to take a closer look. I could tell immediately that I was looking at the side of an older-style camouflaged coat. It took a minute, but it finally clicked. I was a person over there. I just thought it was a hunter, so I didn't know what to do about it. I knew if he was something on our land illegally, and from that I could see he wasn't wearing anything orange, which is required of all hunters during the rifle season. And I could tell just from looking that whoever this was wasn't my grandfather. I sat there for a minute debating my next move, but I decided to call my granddad at the risk of blowing his stunt if that was actually him over there. So without taking my eyes off the sky, I pulled up my phone and dialed his number. To my dismay, he picked up, and I told him what was going on. So he told me that he'd make his way up, but I decided on my own to give this guy a whistle to let him know I see him, but he didn't react at all. After a few minutes, I started to walk up to this guy. After walking a short distance, I could clearly see this guy, who was sound asleep, tucked in between a shrub and a couple of trees. He obviously thought out here was a great place to lay down, as I would never be able to see him and his coat was not stuck out, and as I thought, he had no orange on. I gave him another whistle, much louder, and he woke right up. Almost immediately, he shuffled over to hide his exposed coat. He had a nasty, scruffy beard and a gray hat. Honestly, he looked like a harmless, old, homeless man, probably in his fifties. But he had a perfect view of my granddad's home from his spot and I had a pretty good idea of what he was planning to do once my granddad left. What's this guy realize he'd been caught? And he saw me, a six-feet-five madman, carrying a rifle. He started freaking out. His face went pale and almost instantly. He tried to feed me some story about how he'd gotten lost during a drive with a group of other hunters. A drive where a coordinator pushed through a thicket in order to drive deer to hunters sitting at the edge of the designated driving area. However, the closest public game land is miles from the spot, so I knew it was a lie. He just wanted to keep on going on about how he was lost and how he fell asleep. He even went as far as to make up a fake name on the spot. I just stood there and listened, making sure he didn't give me any fishy movements. I couldn't help but think about what this guy was going to do to my grandfather if he had the chance. God knows, and the thoughts pissed me off. It was a beautiful day in Yosemite National Park. The sun was shining and the birds were singing. As I walked through the park, I couldn't help but feel a sense of peace and tranquility. I was the only one there, as it was a holiday and most people were at home with their families. I was a park ranger and my name is Jenny. My job was to make sure that everything was in order and that no one was in danger. As I walked through the park, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. It was as if something was watching me, following my every move. I shrugged it off, telling myself that it was just my imagination. But the feeling persisted, and I found myself looking over my shoulder more and more often. I decided to take a break and sit down on a nearby rock. As I sat there, I heard a rustling in the bushes behind me. I turned around, but there was nothing there. I told myself that it was probably just a small animal, but I couldn't shake the feeling that something was not right. I decided to continue my patrol, but now I was on high alert. I was constantly scanning the area, looking for any signs of danger. I came across a small cave and decided to take a look inside. As I walked in, I was hit with a strong musty smell. I couldn't see much in the darkness, but I could hear something moving around in the back of the cave. I slowly made my way deeper into the cave, my heart pounding in my chest. As I reached the back of the cave, I saw a figure standing there. It was tall and thin with long, scraggly hair. Its eyes were black and empty, and its skin was a sickly pale color. I froze, unable to move or speak. The figure lunged at me, and I stumbled backwards, falling to the ground. I scrambled to my feet and ran out of the cave as fast as I could. I didn't stop running until I was back at the ranger station. I reported what had happened to my superiors, but they didn't believe me. They said that it was probably just my imagination and that I had let my fear get the best of me. But I knew what I had seen, and I couldn't shake the feeling that something was still out there watching me. I continued to work in the park, but I never went into that cave again. I never saw the figure again, but I always felt as if it was watching me waiting for the right moment to strike. I couldn't shake the feeling of unease and fear, and eventually I had to leave my job as a park ranger. Years have passed, and I never talked about it again, but the memory of that day still haunts me. I still have nightmares about that figure in the cave. I still can't explain what I saw that day, but I know that it was real, and it was something that I will never forget. My boyfriend and I went backpacking in New Hampshire two years ago and saw a red light in the middle of the night and to this day I still can't explain it. I've backpacked all over the world on my own and as a gad and this is the only weird experience I've had that I I simply can't explain. We slept in hammocks right next to each other and had gone off a random part of trail to camp further back in the woods, making sure we were far enough off trail to not be seen by anyone hiking by. It was fall, and there was no trail to where we'd set up, so the ground was covered in twigs and crunchy leaves. Around midnight, I wake up and see a red light shining on my rain tarp and just about shit my pants then and there. Waking up like that, I went from zero to 100 in terms of panic because I assumed someone was using the red light function on their headlamp to check out our campsite. I freeze and listen to try and not let whoever it is know I've woken up but the light fades within 15 seconds of me waking up. I try to wake up my boyfriend to not much avail because he's a heavy sleeper. I scramble out of my hammock like a bat out of hell with my own headlamp and look all around for anyone and give my best intimidating call out of who's there to absolutely nothing in reply. We would have heard someone walking away with all the leaf litter, but there was no sound at all. We were six, eight miles from our car. So our options were go back to sleep or try and hike six, eight miles in the dark to then drive home for four hours. We went back to sleep. At one point later in the night, my boyfriend said he'd woken and seen a flash of the red light as he'd woken up. But he didn't hear anything and just went back to sleep. It's creepy no matter what the explanation, and when I googled explanations for red lights in the woods, it took me to a bunch of Sasquatch forums. So I don't know, man. I wasn't able to find many similar stories to my own outside of the random hits from Sasquatch Farms, so seeing yours made me really excited. I didn't camp for like a year and a half. After that experience, it scared me so bad. A friend and I saw something several years back. It was very thin, and its skin looked as if it had a full-body latex suit on. Very shiny, bone structure in its face, but no eyes or orifices. You could see the ribs. Head was elongated and fingers long and pointy. Had a peculiar-looking gait to it. This was late at night, and the creature was directly under a security light in my friend's backyard. We had been sitting quietly in his truck. This thing walked up, not noticing us. Maybe 15 feet in front of us, directly under the security light. My friend screamed and it jumped and faced us. It then took off towards the woods. We had been gone for a while and just sitting in the driveway, chilling before we went in. We had actually pushed the truck to the house because we had ran out of gas right before we got back to his house. We finally got brave enough to run into the house, but the door was locked and he didn't have a key because he never locked the house. Then we go around the house to try to get through his bedroom window only to find that it was open. Not only was it open, but the screen was wadded up and shredded on the ground. Anyone have any idea what this thing could have been? This was in 1996 or 97. I've never been able to figure it out. I woke up and climbed out of my rooftop tent. It's set up on a little motorcycle trailer I built with my dad and below the tent is an awning for the camp kitchen. My truck was parked south of the trailer, or tent toward the road, and I walked north to the woods to pee first thing in the morning. I'm still groggy. I'm in my long underwear, and it's 6.15 a.m. As I walk back to my campsite, the only one on the hill, I see a man standing under the awning in my kitchen with two massive unleashed dogs at his side. I kept some distance and said, hey, can I help you? Well, I don't know what you mean by that, he replied immediately there is an uncomfortable vibe with this older guy as he's just making himself right at home poking around my kitchen checking out my stove and whatnot he has no reason to be in my camp and it doesn't feel like a friendly hello from a neighbor walking his dogs at the point of his stupid reply he's an intruder and he needs to leave there's not much room to misunderstand my question and I don't have a lot of patience in dealing with idiots or assholes, so I cut to the chase and ask him what the hell are you doing in my kitchen? I don't know you, and if you don't know your dogs, and if you don't need help, I need you to move out of my campsite. He starts going on how it's not really my campsite since it was National Forest. It is public land, and he can walk his dogs where he pleases. He tells me I have nice stuff in the kitchen how nice my motorcycle is, how I've been camped here for a while. At this point, I'm more than annoyed, and I said I know the time limits on how long I can be camped here. You're not forest service, and it's not your business how long I'll be here. What stuff I have here. Anything like that. I'm asking you again to move out of my campsite. We argued over definitions of public in the context of a campsite. My campsite which he felt totally free to nose through with his unleashed wolf bear dogs even at my second direct request he was in no hurry to leave my camp and wanted to keep arguing basically he had the grade school it's a free country energy he smugly says i'm free to walk here i'm coming back here every morning in this matter of fact way i told him he'd be physically removed from my camp if that were to happen My dog will bite you for doing something like that. I replied, that sounds like a problem. The guy doubled down, saying he will. I didn't feel the man himself was a physical threat, but he was highly argumentative and becoming increasingly agitated, as was I, and the restless dogs had me on high alert. They were certainly a physical threat, and he was threatening to sick his dogs on me. I was attacked by a dog as a kid and had a trauma response to strange dogs for years after. It was the only time I felt the need to hold my pistol while camping. I was standing with my motorcycle between us, ready to push 600-plus pounds of Bavarian machinery over onto him or his dogs if they approached. In my head I thought, oh, first push the bike, then go for the gun, then the road. I've got to get away from this guy, or get him away from me. I said if that happens, I'm going to kick your dog's asses, and then I'm going to kick your ass. This is the part I wish I'd handled differently, but I was on high alert. People are free to do a lot of things out here in the National Forest. Many people camped out here have guns, and they come out here to shoot. Do you want to see my gun, or do you want to Voff back to the road now? He finally turns to leave and says have a nice day. Do me a favor and go for yourself. Don't come back to this campsite was all I could think to reply. In October of 2021, I encountered what I believed to be an extraterrestrial inside my house, followed soon after by three other extraterrestrials in my house. It was a normal Friday evening at first, My dad, I was in college in Montana living with him at the time, had gone to sleep at about 10 p.m., and I stayed up until about 11.30. At 11.30, I turned off my TV and went to lay on my bed, where I promptly pulled out my phone and began browsing. This lasted for about 45 minutes before I finally decided to go to sleep. I realized that my throat felt a little dry, so I got up to get some water from the fridge. My room used to be a second living room off the kitchen, so there's no door on the frame, only a thick curtain. As I approached the curtain, everything was normal. It was just a normal night. The only thing that seemed a little off was how quiet it was. There were no crickets chirping outside, which there always were. I live in a secluded country ranch house, which was unusual. I could still hear my dad's white noisemaker in his bedroom, though. He uses it to help him sleep. It felt like a normal late night. I pulled the curtain aside to step out into the kitchen and experience the single most terrifying thing in my entire life. Behind the curtain was what I believed to be an extraterrestrial or alien. It was facing the hallway to my dad's room and it was in a crouched position. We had a nightlight plugged in right above the kitchen countertop, so I assume it was trying to avoid that light. Its skin color was a sort of dark gray or gunmetal color. As I pulled the curtain all the way back, the alien turned its head sharply to look at me. I gasped and was immediately overcome by an immense sense of dread and terror. I was quite literally paralyzed by fear. I just stood there with my hand on the curtain, mouth agape. It stared at me for a couple of seconds, and then everything went black. I regained consciousness an hour later and was laying on top of my bed, the cover still made. My heart was pounding, and it felt like it was beating a million times a minute. I saw something on my left, which was the darkest part of my room, and had a door leading to our carport. Standing over my bed were three dark gray figures. They were tall, their heads nearly touching the seven-foot ceilings in my room. I turned my head, stared at them and began to experience the same sense of terror as before. It was the exact same sense of dread and paralysis. I was unable to move, unable to speak, unable to do anything except look. This time they looked at me for much longer than a couple of seconds. It felt like it lasted a full minute or more. At the end of that minute, the being in the middle leaned in a little bit and moved its hand toward my foot. It tapped its finger on my foot three times slowly each time it tapped a strange sensation pulsed through my body it was just a weird energy that i can't really describe after the third pulse subsided the being stood straight again and then everything went black again i regained consciousness yet again a minute or two later still on top of my bed covers still made and immediately began to cry I don't mean just a tear or two, I mean that I was quite literally just bawling my eyes out for the next few minutes. Eventually all that emotion subsided and I grabbed my phone from my bedside table. It was 1.33am. I didn't end up going to sleep at all that night. I just sort of sat there on my bed trying to explain to myself what just happened. In the years since this has happened, I've yet to come up with an explanation that doesn't involve aliens, demons, ghosts, or some sort of paranormal phenomenon. I thought of sleep paralysis at first, but I never went to sleep before I saw the first one. I was wide awake still when I went to get a drink of water. I wasn't dreaming because I hadn't yet gone to sleep. When the three came right after, I thought that it could be sleep paralysis since I woke up on my bed and was unable to move or even scream when they looked at me. But how did I get in bed when the last thing I remember was looking at the first one in my kitchen? I know you hallucinate when experiencing sleep paralysis, but how did I see three distinct beings that essentially remained motionless? And what was that sensation whenever it tapped my foot? If it was sleep paralysis, I've never had it before, and I haven't had it since. If it was some sort of spontaneous mental breakdown, I've never had one before, and haven't had one since. If it was just some bad nightmare, when did I go from browsing Reddit and getting a drink of water to asleep and having a nightmare? Every time I think about it, I get an uneasy feeling just thinking about the dread I felt that night. It makes me feel squirmy and nervous. That night felt like death, but I don't know if whatever was in my house or whatever I imagined was malevolent. I don't know if they hurt me or did anything to me or my dad. I don't know if I was crazy, sleep deprived, or actually encountered aliens in my house. I've seen and felt some strange things before and after, including lost time seeing what I believe to be UFOs and animals on the ranch we live on being mutilated. The lost time thing was a little freaky. I was texting my brother about video games in the middle of the morning. I was in the middle of a response, laying on the bed in my room, when all of a sudden I was sitting on the couch in the first living room, opposite the kitchen to my bedroom. Seven whole hours had passed, and I didn't remember any of it. There were two texts from my brother about an hour apart, the first of which was him asking if I got his text, then the second was just a couple of question marks. I was confused and didn't really know what to do. The UFOs thing is self-explanatory. I've seen lights fly over my house at night. There's an airport about an hour away and I see planes on occasion, but these lights are always either too fast to be a plane, too slow to be a plane or too quiet to be a low-flying helicopter. The animal mutilation thing is the saddest part for me. I have about ten outside cats or barn cats that I feed regularly and keep away snakes, bugs, and whatnot. Most of them are spayed or neutered and vaccinated, but new ones show up still and get pregnant somehow. Every so often, one of them gets killed, be it by a mountain lion, straight dog, coyote, or other cat. It's gruesome, but it happens. But there have been a couple in the past few months that have made no sense.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
1: A single cut down the middle of their bodies, running from their jaw all the way to their genitalia. The cut goes all the way through their sternum and everything. It's always perfectly straight, and none of their internal organs or anything is damaged. It's like someone took a razor or something and slit them. We found them on our driveway in the private road leading to our driveway. There's never any blood and the cat is just dead on the ground, already in rigor mortis. It makes no sense, and it makes me sad because I've raised most of those cats from kittens. The deep ocean is an eerie and mysterious place, a realm of darkness and void where few dare to venture. But as a sailor on a tanker, it is my home. I have spent countless nights staring out at the blackness, listening to the sounds of the sea and wondering what secrets lay hidden beneath its surface. It was on one such night that I heard an unusual screech. It was like nothing I had ever heard before, a haunting and terrifying sound that sent shivers down my spine. I turned to the captain, who was standing at the helm, and asked him if we could check it out. He nodded and we turned the boat towards the sound. As we got closer, I could see something emerging from the darkness. At first I thought it might be a dolphin, but as it came into view, I realized that it was something much more terrifying. It was a giant Kraken, its tentacles writhing and wriggling in the water. It was an awe-inspiring and terrifying sight, and I could feel my heart pounding in my chest. The Kraken was massive, its tentacles easily wrapping around the entire boat and shaking it violently, we were all terrified, and I could see the fear in the eyes of my fellow sailors. We ran inside the cabin, and we could hear the kraken screeching and howling outside. We were trapped, with no way to escape the clutches of the monster. I could feel my heart pounding in my chest, and I knew that we were in grave danger. For what felt like an eternity, we sat there in silence, listening to the sounds of the kraken outside. Finally, after what felt like an hour, the screeches and howls stopped, and we cautiously emerged from the cabin. The Kraken was nowhere to be seen, and we could only assume that it had retreated back into the depths of the ocean. I checked my pulse to make sure I was still alive, and I couldn't believe that we had survived such a terrifying encounter. We sailed on, but the memory of that night stayed with me. I couldn't shake the image of the giant Kraken and the feeling of terror that had washed over me. I knew that I would never forget that night. When I was in high school, few of us were camping out back of my buddy's farm out past the cornfields and some woods. We had our tent in a clearing in the woods. Beers, guns, hot dogs, you know the drill, Around midnight sky opened up and it was pouring harder than I've ever experienced. We called to the house for them to get us. Their truck got stuck in the mud and couldn't make it. They said to tough it out. Our tent was leaking like a sieve. We were in one of those big four room tents and two of the four rooms had about an inch of water in them. Next thing I know, tornado sirens are going off and we can hear the tornado off in the distance. We were trying to decide if we stay put or go find somewhere to lay until it passes. Well, the twister-spook coyotes who came running and laid against our tent trying to get out of the rain, literally pressed up against the walls. No way in hell was I getting out now. So the four of us sat in the center room clutching our guns and praying the tornado doesn't come to us. Never felt so happy to see a sunrise. I wasn't really camping per se, but in my travels, I would sometimes have to sleep outside in the woods. One morning, I woke up to the sound of something sniffing me, only to find a random dog trotting away from me. No big deal, right? Fast forward a few months, and I'm in a new state, in a new forest, and again I wake up to the sound of something sniffing me. In my head, I thought, I've experienced this before. Just another dog. Nope. I peeked out of my sleeping bag only to find the mouth of a black bear right over my face. I slowly went back into my sleeping bag and prepared for the worst. Thankfully, the bear put his paw on my back and went on his way. I'll never forget them. Went backpacking with some friends in the North Gab Mountains. Got to our site during day, hung out and chill. After it got dark, a buddy and I ran out of water and needed to hike back about 1,000 feet from our site to a waterfall to get some water. Halfway, we ran into a three-inch thick rope dangling from a branch about 30 feet up. We never saw that rope coming in, and this rope would be impossible to miss since it's right in the middle of the path. It was also sub-freezing temp and gay, so makes it even less likely that there would be people just strolling about. We asked our third friend back at camp if he saw the rope coming in, and he didn't either. A few years ago, while camping with my bros for the summer after graduation, pandemic year, not fun, but we got to our campsite, set everything up and got the tents up, I paired with one of my friends. Occasionally, he would get up to pee in the middle of the night. It usually woke me up, but not because he made a lot of noise getting up, but because he talked when he did. Literal nonsense sentences about nonsense. When I told him the next morning, he didn't believe me, saying he was as quiet as possible. Every time he went to pee, but I know he was talking because it was what woke me up every time. Maybe he was playing a joke, but it was still strange, and he denies it to this day. My wife and I were camping at Mount Lemon for our honeymoon, and it's the second night, and we'd gotten back late to our campsite after a day hike. It was dark but had a good sized fire going and the Coleman lantern gave us a good amount of light in the immediate area, but pitch black not too far away from us. I'd just finished pulling the food off the fire and sat down while my wife was finishing getting dinner ready to eat when all of a sudden I hear her let out a terrible scream behind me, like a fear for your life scream. Immediately I am on my feet pistol almost about to clear the holster when I see the intruder. I didn't know we had skunks in Arizona. Camping on the side of Chattooga River after a quick storm. Just hung hammocks on the side of a cliff to get some sleep because we weren't going to make it to the designated camping spot. There was no more light. I would normally be happy with the above, but this was the first time I've ever had coyotes making crazy noises very close. I was in my hammock two inches off the ground on a side of the cliff hearing coyotes laugh like witches for the first time. I've never heard coyotes quite like that since either. Blair Witch was in my mind trying to go to sleep. At first light, we were happy to get going. Designated campsite was 20 minutes paddle down the river. Past the rapid, we were glad to not go down at night, though. I'll never forget it. I think I might be able to take a coyote, but there was more than a few. I believe we camped next to a den, and they were not happy we were there. We all got a little bit of sleep, and the coyotes seemed to calm down eventually as well. Mostly, I often think if we had night vision game cameras, how many coyotes we would see walking around us at night, though. Camping in upstate New York last July with my husband, son, eight, and two nephews, ten, thirteen. Everyone else was in the tents getting ready to go to sleep. I was sitting next to the fire, waiting for it to die down a bit more. It was just about sundown, and we were in a spot about twenty yards off the main trail. All of a sudden, I hear a person singing coming down the trail. Later, my family said she was singing Kumbahaya, Speed but I couldn't tell what song it was. It was just loud enough to hear it was definitely human and definitely singing. I listened as it got lightly louder as she approached and then faded as she got farther away down the trail. I couldn't see anyone at all, and I wasn't about to go investigate. Super eerie. I convinced myself it was someone who was up on the ledges and started back down too late, so she was singing to herself to keep calm and warn off any animals. But I don't know. Serious hippie chick from a slasher movie vibes. The first time I heard a buck barking or grunting, it freaked me out. First of all, I didn't know deer made that noise, Secondly, I was in a wilderness area camping in an area where a large granite wall referred to as the Great Wall of N.C. was behind me. The noise bounced through the woods in a way I was not expecting. The next strangest thing I heard was the huge family that decided to set up camp right next to Me later that same summer within another on-wilderness area that has unrestricted campsites everywhere in it. They ended up being cool. But damn, it was strange to hike in somewhere for eight miles, set up camp in a wilderness area by myself and then end up having people right next to me, knowing full well how many other established wilderness campsites were there. I'd expect that closer to the trailhead, but usually once you hike in more than three miles, your fellow hikers or campers are also trying to get away from people. It was the second night of a canoe camping trip by myself. I was out in the middle of nowhere, thick forest surrounding me in all directions. About an hour after dark, I heard a little prop plane flying low up the river. It was a pitch black night, but I heard it circle overhead three times, take off upriver, and then there was a very loud crunch of metal and everything went silent. I later found out a two-seater plane had crashed into the shallow, rocky river upstream of my campsite. One survivor and one casualty. Based on the sound, I'd guess it happened less than a mile away. I live in the mountains, and I mean mountains. We get real dense fog. To a point where if you're driving and it comes you can't see but five to ten feet in front of you myself moved here from out of state and got a job one night she calls us and my husband has to go pick her up because she can't see to drive i've experienced this my whole life though and never heard anything like that that would be scary and i'm sure if you're not used to the fog it would be terrifying i love it though I used to go camping on the lake and get up real early just to watch the fog on the water. My dad and me were visiting my aunt and uncle at their house in the hollers of eastern Kentucky. It was getting late, but not dark, and it was very wet, rainy, and gloomy. We were going around this one curve about a mile out from their house, maybe a little less, and Suddenly, as we were going around the curve, this woman, I would have to say, in her teenage years, or maybe very early twenties, comes walking out from the deep woods on the right side, where my passenger side door is. She was wearing purple sweatshirt and black pants. She looked very disheveled and dirty, like she had been in the woods all night. As we passed, we just stood there and watched as we drove by, even watching us as we... We're a couple feet up the road in the distance. If weird shit happens in the Appalachians, dude, this whole holler or hollers that my dad's family grew up in are filled with weird stories and hauntings and paranormal-esque. An animal of some kind in distress. The woods were silent aside from the screams and screeches every five, 10 seconds. The creature's voice seemed to constantly change, and it sounded like it was circling my campsite. At first I thought it was a bird of some kind, and then a bobcat or a mountain lion, then maybe a deer, and it went on for hours. Sometimes it would get further away, and I'd hear it echo over the canyons. Other times it sounded like it was just beyond the flashlight beam. It was terrifying. Something about it gave me a really, really bad feeling and I refused to get out of the tent till the sun was up. This was on Mount Graham. I regard that mountain as one of the wildest places in Southern Arizona. One day I was camping in the Kansas Prairie and a guy went missing and had to walk one whole mile before he found the next road. Most don't know this about Kansas, but many a camper have actually died out here, out of boredom. All jokes aside, I traveled to Montana and Colorado for camping trips. On one trip, I woke up from asleep to the sound of a woman being murdered. No one else heard, but it could not have been more real. I think it was a mountain lion, perhaps. I've also heard owls make a similar noise. I work in a hospital in the sticks. A lot of weird shit happens there. A couple nights ago, I was dicking around killing time and walked up to the fourth floor. I was walking to the end of the hallway, and I heard a little girl say, Where are you? I turned around and looked up and down the hall and saw no one, and all the room doors were shut. I left and walked back to my part of the hospital over in the emergency room. As I was walking, I passed a doctor who had his ear cocked listening for something. I asked him what, and he said he thought he heard someone crying. I told him, don't tell me that, and mentioned another weird experience I've had a couple times where I've heard a knocking on the walls in the bathroom. He smiled and told me about a couple different areas of the hospital that weird shit happens in. Then he said, if you're ever over on the medical wing on the fourth floor, around room 446, and you hear a little girl say, where am I, or or, where are you, I advise you to turn around and just walk on out, he told me this literally ten minutes after I had just heard that on the fourth floor in the medical wing. I didn't pay any attention to the room numbers, but it was the hallway where that room is located. Hospitals are creepy as hell. I usually camp in the forest via car or hike out as opposed to field camping. I like being in the woods. One day, however, I got roped into field camping for May 24. It was a massive, mostly empty field with tents everywhere. Much like a festival. Defiantly not my scene. On the way to a site, the random post we set up by, we passed a group with a full-blown DJ set up. I'm talking big speaking on stands and a canopy covering a DJ controller or mixer rig they were blasting tunes, like blasting tunes. Now for my taste, this destroyed the experience. I love concerts and loud music, but it's not why I go camping. It was a messy and less than ideal weekend. Oh, and to add a funny note, one guy at a neighboring site pegged his tent down with one peg. It ripped out and blew across the field. We saw him later, totally wasted in asking randoms if they'd seen his tent. woke up to something sniffing my ear outside my tent while backpacking. I made some sort of weird gruffalo grumble. I was half awake and heard it run off through the brush. Another time I was backpacking in my hammock and awoke to what sounded like ten coyotes cackling really close to me. Wasn't sure what they were up to. The funniest was car camping at a local state rest area with some friends. It wasn't too far from a cow pasture. I woke up in the dead of night to something just absolutely rummaging through a camp box. I laid there for a little listening to it and getting up the courage to poke my head out of the tent. All I could think was a cow wandered over and was destroying all our stuff. Finally poked my head out and it's one of the guys who was with us trying to start a fire because he got cold in the middle of the night. He was an idiot. I was camping by the Yuba River outside of Sacramento and I woke up in my tent to a bear trying to get into my car about 50 yards away. I clicked the lock button and got the horn to honk and scared it away. It came back five minutes later and bit a hole in one of my jugs of water I had sitting out. I made the horn honk a few more times and it ran off right past my tent. My dog was shaking like a rattlesnake tail. He was so scared. Appalachia, backpacking north of Asheville in April. Weather is predicted to be 40-50s at night and gorgeous during the day. Sweet. Post up night too with a beautiful view, snapping some sunset picks when the wind gets fierce. Temps start to drop. I have some layers, but I'm seeing my breath. Much cold. Get in my sleeping bag and I cannot warm up. Wind is howling like two gods colliding. As amazing as it was terrifying. Decide to pack my sleeping bag with anything that insulates. Get warm. Live. Backpacking a little west of Boone on a weird skimpy trail I found. Wasn't marked on the map, but thinking I'll find some cool views. Kinda smell something weird. Find a bend and see a shack. No worries. Just passing through. Scary man with a rifle comes out. Put my hands up. Said sorry, a little lost, and backed away. I was camping in high school with some friends at our usual backpacking spot. It's not on a map, but known to locals. Around 10 p.m. or so, another group came through, and when we told them we claimed this spot, but no one was down the trail at the less popular spot. They moved on but seemed ill-prepared to camp and looked more like a go-in-the-woods to drink and cut up. We all hopped in our bags for the night around eleven or so, around two a.m. We all wake up to this huge, crashing sound. We were near a cliff sleeping under a big overhang, and my immediate fear was huge rock must have fell. Adjusting eyes, I realized two young men were standing near our fire pit with a shotgun. I realized now they had fired it because they yelled, Everybody wake the F up! Everyone was silent and still. The men had no light, so they couldn't have seen us all. One of my friends was carrying a handgun, and we found out after had it trained on this guy the entire time. But the rest of us were frozen. On brave friend of ours, now an ex-army ranger, badass, Go figure. Turned on his light, binding the guy, and yelled, What do you want? After a little back and forth it turned out they were with the other group showing up late and we're playing a prank on them think we were them they eventually moved on to find the other group but it didn't end there about 3:30 a.m. two girls come walking through in flip-flops 7-mile hike to here in the middle of Tennessee mountains of course we can't sleep at all after the shotgun encounter and yell at them to keep walking craziest camping trip ever So it was a group of guys. We went way back into the woods, walked for near an hour in deep Appalachian terrain. Lots of slick red clay. Lots of mosquitoes. We got to the spot and started set up. Right next to a bend in the creek. We cooked, ate, made stupid jokes. Then we made a big fire and waited for night. Finally, night came. Conversation was calming, but no one was ready to bed down. Then I heard it off in the dark, the sound of two small girls giggling. I thought I had absolutely lost my mind. It kept repeating in uneven intervals. Even more worrisome, it kept bouncing from place to place in the woods. I resolved to say nothing and live in my insanity for the night. I was leaned up against a tree and held my machete close, not that it would help. I was starting to spiral when my friend says, okay, is no one else hearing that? I immediately ask him what he's hearing. He says it sounds like two little girls laughing in the woods. I've never been more freaked and happy at the same time. All of us but one that was trying to be the cool guy went into a frenzy talking about hearing the same thing but not wanting to sound crazy. We went out into the woods but found nothing. We decided to bed down around 3am. Seven dudes in a giant tent. Not exactly ideal we continued hearing the laughter and each one of us slowly trading conversation for unconsciousness. I was the last to fall asleep. I could barely cover my eyes until dawn. Daybreak is slow when you're under that much canopy and brush. We were all up and stirring a few hours later. We packed up, talked about the night, went home for a good shower and a nap. Tried to go back a few years later, but someone had bought the land and blocked it all off. Strange trails,